Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast from a fantastic Timberwolves performance on Wednesday night, blowing out the defending champion Denver Nuggets by 21 points at Target Center. A well-balanced offensive performance from the Wolves, but the story here is the third time in four games the Wolves held the opponent under 100 points. They forced Nikola Jokic into an inefficient offensive night. We'll break down exactly how they got it done. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy Thursday, everybody, and it is a very happy Thursday, a happy post-game podcast. Indeed, we're going to break down Wolves over Nuggets on Wednesday night. A big thank you off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow on X at Locked on T-Wolves, or my account, which is at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, today at the show, we are. this is the post-game podcast. So it's all Wolves Nuggets from Wednesday, a big 110-89 win. There's so many different places we could start. And I just want to kind of start with a pretty clear statement. Don't overthink this. Um, this was just a well-rounded, solid, start-to-finish, gate-to-gate performance by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Save for like a brief third quarter blip where the Nuggets got things down to around single digits. This was a pretty much double digit wire to wire win for the Wolves. They did lead wire to wire in this game. They never trailed. They got um, no double doubles in this game, but solid performances from their stars. Rudy with double digit rebounds, Cat and Ant both scoring over 20 points. Um, They got solid performances from their next you know, tier of scores. Mike Conley, 17 points. Nas Reed, 16 points. Defensively fantastic. They shot the ball well from the field. The Wolves did. They got to the line 27 times. Uh, this was this was just a really good, solid performance. And if you listen to the show on Wednesday, I was kind of, I, I said at one point like, hey, this has been a weird first three games, right? Opening night's always weird, low scoring, sloppy, disappointing loss against a Toronto team that's probably a little better than people think, but you know, losing a winnable game. But opening night, right? And then you have the shorthanded Miami team that you you know start off slow, eventually end up blowing out. They're shorthanded, so it doesn't quite feel the same. And then the Atlanta game lights out for the first half, the exact opposite in the second half. This was the most normal, like strong 48-minute performance the Wolves have put together. It, you know, through four games in an extremely painfully young season, but it was a full strength defending champion team, albeit one that was four and zero, and you know is going to lose eventually, whatever. But I, no rested, no rest advantage for the Wolves in this game. Neither team played Tuesday. There's no real excuses for Denver other than um, they just had an off night. I talked on the uh, preview in this game on Wednesday. Denver was leading the league in field goal percentage 
I think top three in three point percentage, although they weren't shooting that many threes. Um, it, like they just were shooting the ball extremely well from the field, even though a lot of the peripheral numbers weren't all that impressive, right? Like they weren't getting to the line a ton. They weren't shooting a ton of threes. Um, they weren't rebounding the ball particularly well, but they were just making shots. This was a bit of a regression to the mean for Denver. They shot just 39.6% from the field and only 18% from beyond the arc and also only attempted 10 free throws in this game. But I want to give credit where credit is due, and that is the Timberwolves' defense. I said on, on in my keys to the game on Wednesday, the Timberwolves had to come into this game making Jokic into a score, like what they tried to do in the playoffs last year. And like to be clear, he's a two-time MVP for a reason. They're the champs for a reason. He can beat you as a scorer, but he's less likely to beat you, or at least there's more opportunity for the Wolves to force an off night for the Nuggets offense if they're forcing Jokic to be a scorer and not a distributor. If he's distributing, you know, the rest of the team's not all going to have an off night, most likely, right? If he's distributing, they're going to be really hard to beat, and he can still score if you start to play off of him because he's passing so much, right? But if you make him be a scorer, you crowd his space make him feel like he needs to take you one-on-one, like what Cat did in this game, and he did last year in the playoffs, you could have an effective defensive performance against Nikola Jokic, or at least you give yourself a fighting chance. Now, he had 25 and 10. Great, right? Well, it took him 23 shots to get 25 points. He was just 11 of 23 shooting, one of six outside the arc, only two free throw attempts for Nikola Jokic. 25 points on 23 shots. The Wolves will take that on the defensive side, 10 times out of 10. Plus, the bigger stat, three assists for Jokic to five turnovers in this game. The Timberwolves made him work for every single, made the Nuggets work really as a team for every single point that they got. And forcing Jokic to shoot 23 times and to have five turnovers and only three assists in this game is such a spectacular job by the Timberwolves. Again, tons of credit to Carl Anthony Towns. Guarded him one-on-one for most of the time he was on the floor. And made Jokic work. Um, Kat got into foul trouble early too. And they put Nas on Joker. Joker scored a couple times on him. The Wolves um, had to, had a really good plan. Basically what they did in the playoffs, which was have Cat guard him. Rudy Gobert guards Aaron Gordon, but basically is playing free safety, right? Um, Gordon ended up only playing 18 minutes in this game and didn't attempt a field goal until the third quarter. He was basically a non-factor. And that's what the Wolves were counting on. The Wolves were counting on making Nikola Jokic do something with the ball in his hands in terms of being aggressive versus just dishing to the open guy. Gobert played that free safety role extremely well. He ended up blocking two shots in this game, I believe both in the second half. But this was another case of him altering a bunch of shots early in this game too. And um, Jamal Murray didn't make a field goal until the third quarter. And again, huge props to the Timberwolves defense for that. Cat was physical, appropriately physical. Both of his first two fouls were relatively ticky-tack. And then he came back, wasn't in foul trouble the rest of the game. Um, In fact, Cat didn't pick up another foul at all the rest of the game. He picked up two in the first seven minutes, didn't commit another foul, but yet was still physical with Jokic. Set that tone early. They made Joker work, and they took away passing lanes and cutters with the length and activity of Jaden McDaniels, of Anthony Edwards, even Mike Conley, um, and it absolutely worked. Doing their best, playing in Jokic's space, and everybody else playing the passing lanes. It was the absolute best defensive play, and the Wolves executed it nearly perfectly. And as I said earlier, 
It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work next time because they're really good and he's really good, but it gives you a fighting chance. It gives you every opportunity to invite them to make some of their own mistakes. And that's what happened in this game. Um, a couple other really key positives from this one, Rudy Gobert related, Mike Conley related, and of course I want to talk Cat and Ant too. They both ended up scoring over 20 points, but it wasn't smooth sledding exactly. Still, there are positives in non-perfect performances individually for these guys. So I want to talk about all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, and it's simply you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. If the Wolves are playing on the same night as football, which I believe they play again on, eh, maybe they don't play Sunday. I think they play Monday night, right? There's Monday night football next week. I don't know who the game is, uh, but say Travis Kelsey is playing because why not? Everybody's talking about Travis Kelsey. I can too. Say Travis Kelsey, uh, you could take um, more than four receptions or whatever that number is there, and you could take Carl Anthony Towns more than 15 points. You could take a combo of three-pointers made with Carl Anthony Towns and receptions with Travis Kelsey. Say it's 10.5. You could say more than 10.5 of that combination. You can also play play alongside some of PrizePix's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz, and more. There's community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PrizePix community each and every week. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day or tomorrow on the show, we will break down... Um, so bigger picture positives from the first four games. We'll peek ahead at, uh, at what's a pretty difficult schedule. No game tomorrow night. They play next on Saturday against Boston. Um, I believe Boston's the Saturday game, but three more games on this homestand. I'll look look at the upcoming schedule, pick out my favorite matchups moving forward as well, and we'll preview the Saturday game too. That's all coming on Friday. Of course, we're daily Monday through Friday. Also, another programming note. We've decided the postcasts that are being hosted primarily by Luke Inman of Lockdown Sports Minnesota and a rotating group of guests, mostly Jack Borman and um, Tyler Metcalf, both from Canis Hoopas, that is actually going to be posted. The audio will be posted in the Lockdown Wolves feed. In fact, I believe the episode before this one, if you're listening to the audio version, the episode before is likely the postcast uh, from after the game on Wednesday. You can still watch that postcast live on Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube, so be sure to do that following the Wolves game Saturday night. Same deal, and I believe, again, it'll be Tyler Metcalf joining Luke over at uh, Lockdown Sports Minnesota on their YouTube channel. All right, additional positives. In addition to the Timberwolves defense, which, by the way, I want to talk more about this on Friday. Three of four opponents held under 100 points. The Wolves came into the game with the eighth-best defense in the league, according to most uh, defensive rating, defensive efficiency numbers. That's only going to go up. You hold a team to under 40% shooting, 18% from three, um, and 89 points. I mean, those numbers are only going to improve, right? So that's that's my number one takeaway was the plan perfectly executed against Jokic and the Nuggets as a whole. I mentioned earlier, Gordon didn't attempt a shot until the third quarter. 
Murray didn't make a shot from the field until the third quarter, finished with 14 points on 16 shots. I I mean, like, hey, if Jokic and Murray are going to score 39 points but need exactly 39 shots to do it, you did something right. I mean, that's what it was. 39 points on 39 shots for Jokic and Murray and uh, nine assists to eight turnovers combined between the two of them. Fantastic defensive performance from the Wolves in this one. Um, Other positive takeaways. Rudy Gobert, once again, if you didn't watch this game, you glanced at the box score, you said, ah, Rudy went 0 for 7 from the field. Yeah, okay, not great. He had 12 boards, two blocks, only one turnover, and did all of the Rudy Gobert things that don't show up in the box score. And that's a real thing. He was so good defensively, playing that free safety role that I mentioned in the first segment, and picked his spots perfectly to be aggressive and try and contest a shot, to just muck things up at the basket. I think it was like three of the first four possessions of the game. Gobert contested a shot at the rim and forced a miss. None of them were blocks, but he was there and he forced those misses. There were a couple of times the Nuggets scored at the rim when Towns was at the five and Gobert was on the bench. I mean, Gobert makes a real legitimate difference. There's no question about it. And he is nimble on his feet through four games. And I don't say that with a hint of of facetiousness. Like he's been legitimately, uh, what was the word I used on Wednesday? I think I said spry, like spry, nimble, all of the above. Rudy Gobert has been fantastic through four games, and it was so good to see that happen once again in this one. I've gone too long without giving Mike Conley some props. Conley, apparently, I didn't know this at the time, but on Monday, Conley had food poisoning, was under the weather in Atlanta, and did not have a great performance. In this game, he was phenomenal. 17 points, six assists, three rebounds, seven of nine shooting from the floor, three of four from three-point range, including a couple tough ones off the dribble. And uh, the biggest thing about his performance was in the third quarter when things got not quite to the level of dicey, but were threatening to get dicey, especially with Monday's game fresh in everyone's mind. The Wolves took a a 17, or excuse me, 19 point lead. Once again, 19 points at halftime, took that lead into the third. The Nuggets got it down to, I believe, 11 at one point, 11 or 12. And then all of a sudden it was like Mike Conley and Jamal Murray back and forth, which was a very weird thing to kind of behold. But that's what happened. And Conley more than held his own was the better of the two players, certainly in this game. And the third quarter was like all things Minnesota Mike. Like that that's what happened in the third quarter. And uh somehow like 17 and 6 in 27 minutes for Mike Conley. A fantastic performance for him. Um let's talk Ant and Cat. So I, I like I don't know. I thought they both played well on both ends of the floor and and there's a couple of ways we could take this. You could look at it and say, oh, Cat had 21, 8, and 4. Decent shooting night-ish. Not super efficient, but okay. You know, Ant had 24 and 16 shots. Oh, good. That's an efficient night. And just kind of move on. But they both dealt with some serious adversity in this game. And, like, I get it. You know, Nuggets fans would say, oh, the, the Timberwolves shot 27 free throws. Okay, sure. Um well, six of them were in garbage time, Troy Brown Jr. and Shake Milton. So, I mean, we can go ahead and take those out, right? And the first half, like, this was just a an abomination in terms of the way it was officiated. The Rudy Gobert hack across the arms in the first quarter was, like, one of the worst non-calls you'll ever see. There were several other bad ones. The missed goaltend on a Shake Milton shot attempt in the fourth. Uh, Cat got hit on the elbow, or at end of the third quarter, I guess it was. And then 
like a possession or two later, Cat gets hit on the elbow on the drive, doesn't get called. Like so many missed calls, bad calls, et cetera. I know the Wolves shot a ton of free throws, but Cat and Ant are notorious for complaining first and foremost, and also by getting their, allowing themselves to have their games thrown off by a perceived lack of foul calls on the opponent and a, and you know, a lack of free throw attempts. And they had every right to be upset in this game with the way it was officiated. But I thought for the most part, they handled it maturely and got the tech early for clapping at the official, which like, just don't do that. I mean, just don't, they're going to call it technical every single time. Uh, just talk to them like a person, like just, just don't clap at them. Um, that was bad. Besides that though, I thought they both pulled themselves out of it. Didn't allow themselves to get dragged down by their emotion or, or, you know, what they thought was getting the short end of the stick in terms of foul calls. And they both ended up with really good games. I mean, Cat was good on both ends. I talked already about how good he was on Jokic. It's hard to understate how just how good he was. And yet still the energy to be solid offensively. He again had like the second half burst where he was going to the basket more frequently. Actually got a couple of foul calls. Got lucky a couple of times. He didn't get called for hooking because it was pretty obvious he was hooking the the defender, but there were a couple of cases where he did it and stopped and then he was fouled and it was the foul that got the defensive foul that was actually called, but he could have been called for some offensive fouls in this game. It wasn't at any point. So that was fortunate. Um, but in general, a really strong performance cat. It took him 19 shots to get his 21 points. He was again, just one of four outside the arc, but he did get to the line six times. He had eight rebounds, four assists, two steals in this game and only one turnover was a game-high plus 22, Carl Anthony Towns was. And that was in large part due to the Jokic matchup. I mean, Jokic was a minus 19 in terms of individual plus-minus. But I was most impressed with Kat's, dare I say, maturity in this game. I, I, that's that's what I thought it was compared to what we so often see from Cat. And similar with Anthony Edwards. He had a much better night. We'll talk about him more in studs and duds in terms of his line and efficiency. Um Shot selection still leaving a lot to be desired, and that's a conversation that I think we'll probably also have on um, we'll have on Friday's show. I think we we need to talk some more about shot selection regarding Anthony Edwards. I'm sure Chris Finch would like to talk more about shot selection for Ant as well. Um, so we'll do all that on Friday instead of right now. But my main takeaways from this one: the defense, specifically the plan against Jokic, also doing a good job with Murray. Um, and just shutting down any, I mean, I mean, I even said Michael Porter Jr.'s name. Like, he had, what, five points and 11 shots in this game? Just a masterful defensive plan and execution by the Timberwolves. Rudy Gobert activity on both ends. Mike Conley stemming the tide in the third and just being an all-around professional. And then Ant and Cat, and also Rudy, avoiding getting into it too much with the officials. Cat avoiding foul trouble, etc. All those things. Very impressive in this game. And uh, paramount to giving yourself a chance to beat the defending champions. I want to close today by talking individual studs and duds and also taking a look at some of the the broader box score stats, areas that the Wolves continue to be better in, defensive rebounding. Um, we'll talk about all that here next as we close the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The World Series is unfortunately over now, but we've still got football action Thursday night football. Um, 
I tend to find myself on FanDuel when it comes to Thursday night football. Anytime, also Thursday night's great because you've got the TNT games, so you could uh, take a look at the NBA action, the NFL action. Get on there. I'm sure you can still have a win total bet on the Timberwolves. Remember, their line was just 44 and a half. I feel pretty good about them still striking the over or hitting the over on that, I should say. Um, but the app over at FanDuel is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over unders, and more. And it is still a great time of a time of year between hockey, basketball, pro football, college football, the start of college basketball next week. There's tons to do over at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off your NFL and basketball seasons. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's close this thing out with individual studs and duds. We'll start there. We'll get into a few more team stats. Studs uh, have to go with Mike Conley as one of the studs in this game. 17 points on 7 of 9 shooting, 3 of 4 outside the arc, 6 assists, 0 turnovers for Mike Conley. 3 rebounds and a steal. Tied for second on the team with an individual plus minus of plus 19. A fantastic bounce back performance after a tough, apparently um, illness-affected performance on Monday in Atlanta. Was the steadying hand and actually the steadying scoring hand that the Timberwolves needed in the third quarter when the Nuggets tried to make a mini run a really, really solid performance for Mike Conley. I'm also going to give one to Anthony Edwards. We'll talk more about his shot selection on Friday, uh, but he had 24 points and eight of 16 shooting. And like, if you can shoot 50% from the field and drop 24 points, like, I don't know, we'll take that. Still too many non-paint twos. He was two of four on non-paint twos. If you go outside of 10 feet, throw in a couple more kind of deep, not quite elbow jumpers. And uh, I, like in general, the shot selection still needs to be cleaned up. For Ant, the decision-making needs to be cleaned up. But given the decision-making, he still ended up producing. 24 points and 8 of 16 shooting. 1 of 4 on threes. You'd like to see him shoot more than 4 threes. Um, 7 of 8 at the free-throw line for Ant. So he did get to the line a lot more in this game, certainly more than he did in the first three games of the season. Only two rebounds. So he's had two strong rebounding games and two games where he had only two boards. So that's another area with some volatility that that um, he's still struggling with. He did have four turnovers and only one assist, but he also had a couple of steals. One of them was really impressive. A couple of the turnovers really bad. I'm still giving him a stud because he did what the Wolves needed to do to win this game, and you need your star players to play like stars um, against a team like the Nuggets. The third stud, and that's a tough one. I'm actually going to split this one between Cat and Nas because they both were good defensively, and they both were good offensively too, frankly. Kat, as I talked about, wasn't super efficient. 21 points on 7 of 19. Like, that's not a very efficient night for Cat. But 6 of 6 at the free throw line is nice. Four assists to one turnover, two steals. A team high plus 22. And we talked about the defensive performance. Still a well-rounded game from Cat. Nas made up for the lack of efficiency in Cat's offensive game this time around. And was solid himself defensively in this game, I thought. Occasionally matched up with Jokic. Being asked to do a few different things. Nas has been impressive on both ends so far this year, too. Offensively, Nas was the sixth man that the Wolves need him to be in this game. 16 points on six of nine shooting, one of three on three pointers, knocked down his first three once again. A perfect three of three at the line, five rebounds, an assist and a steal, only one turnover for Nas in just 19 minutes. So, tracking the big man rotation numbers, or minutes, I should say, Rudy actually with the high of 32, tied for the team high in minutes with Ant. Carl Anthony Towns played 31 minutes and Nas played 19 minutes. Those are all a bit shorter because we had about six minutes or so of garbage time at the end of the game. But a strong Nas Reed performance once again for the Wolves. 
Um, duds? I, like, I don't really have any glaring duds. I mean, I guess, once again, Shake Milton just hasn't found a rhythm yet in a Timberwolves uniform. Two points at 0 of 3 shooting, and, and they came in garbage time on a pair of free throws. Two steals, uh, one assist, one turnover, and a rebound in 18 minutes. Just an uneven performance again from Shake Milton. He did kind of get screwed over on that um, that goaltend, that the non-existent, the goaltend that was not called that should have been at the end of the third quarter. Just a, another uneven performance. Jaden McDaniels, not a full dud because he rebounded the basketball. He had nine boards, second on the team in rebounds in this game. And a couple of blocks was actually really good defensively in 21 minutes, but he was in foul trouble, made some head-scratching decisions later in the game. Not a dud to be clear, but um, maybe not quite as clean as his debut was on Monday. Although the nine rebounds are super encouraging to see from Jaden McDaniels. All right, a couple more team stats. If you're watching on YouTube, I just threw those up. Um, the Wolves shot 46% from the field. The Nuggets under 40%. Neither team shot the three extremely well in this game. It was a surprise to see the Wolves only attempt 21 three-pointers in this one, um, but you know had the edge there, scored more both at the three beyond the three-point line and at the free-throw line. So you look at it from a points perspective, which I like to do this. The Wolves were, um, they scored six more points than the Nuggets on threes, and they scored 19 more points than the Nuggets on free throws. 26 of 27 at the line for the Wolves. Just seven of 10 for the Denver Nuggets at the free-throw line. They also only turned it over 13 times, the Wolves did, and they were a plus four in the rebounding battle, which has been an ongoing story this year. They came into the game as the best team in the league in terms of defensive rebound percentage. And I would imagine that stays the same. They had 47 rebounds in this game. They did give up 12 offensive rebounds to Denver. A lot of that was early in the game. Um, And, you know, Denver had a lot of misses, so there were a lot more rebounds available, which is why I'm not really sure on that rate, you know, once it all gets refreshed after the Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights games, excuse me. Um, But to out-rebound your performance in, in... you know, in this individual game, that's the most important thing, or excuse me, out-rebound your opponent in this individual game is the most important thing. The Wolves are a plus four on the glass, and Denver didn't do a whole lot with their offensive rebounds. They didn't exactly um, get a ton of second-chance points. They didn't necessarily kill the Wolves on points off turnovers either. So, um, in general, a really well-rounded performance for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and to turn in another strong defensive rebounding performance is super important. I should also note fast break points in this game, which has been a major issue for the Wolves. And, you know, I've, I've talked at length about how, like, hey, I said this on Wednesday show, Denver doesn't run a ton, but teams know they can run on the Wolves. So I was wondering if Minnesota could still kind of suppress those opportunities for Denver. A smart, well-coached team um, may try and push the pace. They only had nine fast break points in this game. The Wolves shut down transition opportunities impressively, uh, in this game, especially given, you know, those the challenges the Wolves have had tried to do that uh, in recent years and so far this season up until this game. So a very, very impressive all-around performance from the Wolves. It's as simple as that. Like, there wasn't really a, an area where you said, you know, this almost sunk them. Like, this was just a strong, solid start-to-finish performance for Minnesota. Things do not get easier, and of course, we'll talk about that on Friday's show. They host the Boston... Excuse me. I said Celtics earlier. It's the Jazz, actually, on Saturday. The Celtics, I believe, are Monday. Um, so another winnable game Saturday. It'd be great to be 3-2 and two before the tougher... Uh, before the homestand gets tougher again uh, next week with the Celtics and more. Uh, but we'll preview that perform- or the uh, that matchup on Friday's show. We'll preview the rest of the homestand and all that on the show Friday. And then, of course, be back Monday when we'll do a post-game pod 
following Saturday's game against those Utah Jazz. So that's all upcoming in the coming days here on the show. A big thank you to those that do make Locked On Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, you can find this show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube as well as the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. You can also follow on X at Locked On T-Wolves and also at B Beacon. You can see it on your screen there on YouTube, but it's two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that you can listen to all Wolves games that includes Saturday against the Utah Jazz on uh, the the Wolves hometown broadcast with the fantastic Alan Horton on the flagship for the Wolves on Sirius XM on the SXM app. That Saturday night game is a, uh, I believe, a 7 p.m. tip again. Yep, 7 p.m. tip against the Utah Jazz. So check it out on the SXM app and join Alan Horton on the call. Uh, of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Podcast Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.